WSB. the greatest country in the world is not a short-term proposition folks we can save this great nation but it's gonna take all of us why because we are america herman king king solutions for a better america Now, Jamie Dupree sitting in on the Herman Cain Show today. Your Washington, D.C. reporter taking over the reins for this hour from Herman. Thanks to him for letting me do this. We thought we might have some big news out of the U.S. Supreme Court today, but it turned out no blockbuster rulings out of the high court today. Nothing issued either on that challenge to part of the Obama health law or the issue of gay marriage. There were four different rulings issued today. That means they're down to a lucky number of seven. We'll get more rulings on Thursday. I still say they'll hold the, the big stuff for next week, maybe next Monday or Monday and Tuesday. We'll have to see how it always goes. They, they always seem to hold the really big cases until the last day of the term. And if they do wait until next week, the Congress won't be here to react because lawmakers will be out on a break. Our phones will be open for this hour, 877-310-2100, 877-310-2100. We can talk about what the U.S. Supreme Court did or didn't do. We can talk about the politics in the aftermath of the shootings in Charleston, South Carolina, or an update on where we stand in the 2016 race. Pretty much a combination of Herman's favorite of rapid fire and open phones on this Monday. Uh, Jamie Dupree here with you from Washington, D.C. As we look ahead this week, not only will we have, we have to wait again on the U.S. Supreme Court, as I mentioned, but obviously we're waiting to see what happens next in the race for the White House. Certainly, uh, there's been a lot of talk in the last couple of days by Democrats about the issue of gun control in the wake of the shootings in Charleston, South Carolina. We heard from Hillary Clinton in a, in a speech over the weekend at the U.S. Conference of Mayors. She made it very clear she wants to fight for gun controls. Martin O'Malley, a Democrat, former governor of Maryland, who is uh, looking like he's uh, he is ready to run. He's in the race now. He said the same thing in an email to backers as well. But, you know, the bottom line, as I've told Herman and many others over these last few years, is that guns really aren't in play. Gun controls are not in play in the Congress right now. There's been a working majority uh, that's been in favor of gun rights for a number of years. And I really don't see anything like that changing at this point in time. I mean, there's always the chance that it could. But uh, for right now, it certainly seems like we are not headed toward any big rush in the Congress for gun control. I have to say that some of those who have been, uh, I would say, the, the, the biggest supporters of uh, gun control, they've been fairly quiet in recent days uh, uh, about this in terms of bringing up the issue. And that's why at this point in time, I just don't see it happening. I mean, look. The pendulum has swung in the last 20 years. When I first started up here on the Hill 35 years ago, there was definitely a bigger edge uh, in terms of numbers to those who favored gun controls. That has sort of gone away. And now we have uh, an edge to uh, those who favor gun rights. And at this point in time, it certainly doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. The politics, the other political issue that's come up, and it was actually triggered by Mitt Romney, the, uh, the, the last nominee of the Republican Party, as he tweeted out this weekend that he thought the Confederate flag should be brought down. It flies not over the actual state capitol in Columbia in South Carolina, but it flies on the grounds there of the state capitol. He argued back in 2007, I think, if I remember correctly, that it should be brought down. That earned him a lot of negative thumbs down from voters in South Carolina. I would look for Democrats to keep pushing. Oh, and I, I think I saw an email last night from the group moveon.org that talked about how they had a big petition that was 
uh, coming out with some 400, 500,000 signatures or something like that, trying to push to get the Confederate flag brought down at the state capitol complex there in Columbia. You know, it was interesting because as a number of different GOP hopefuls were asked about the Confederate flag issue. There was one who could really point to something that he did on the issue, and that was Jeb Bush when he was the governor of Florida in 2001 as the issue was really percolating. He took the Confederate flag down and put it in a museum there, and it no longer flies over the state capitol in Tallahassee. That's something that he could point to. I mean, again, I'm not sure this is going to be a gigantic issue, but it's a reminder that anytime you think you know where the ground is in a race for the White House, all it takes is one little issue to pop up. All it takes is one little news story, and suddenly things can be derailed and sort of go all over the place. And it's a reminder that sometimes the best laid plans in terms of a campaign don't always turn out that way. one 210 is our number, 877-310-2100. Yes, I'm not Herman Cain, it's Jamie Dupree, is Washington, D.C. correspondent, sitting in for Herman today. As I mentioned, the Supreme Court, nothing from there. Of course, uh, uh, there were we had a lot of people across the street today at the high court that were waiting just in case we had the uh, rulings on the issue of gay marriage or the separate issue of the Obama health law. We had a, uh, this is a total uh, legislative nerddom, but uh, many of you longtime listeners know it's what I dig my teeth into. Last Friday, we had a report come out from the Congressional Budget Office that basically gamed out how a repeal of the Obama health law would impact the budget long term. Now, I know we can go into the, the CBO and the Congressional Budget Office and how close or not close it's at estimates are. But you know what? It's the referee up here. And uh, the CBO rulings and the CBO determinations really determine where things are going to go in terms of how Congress deals with budget issues. And what they found was the repeal of the Obama health law would actually increase the federal deficit by $137 billion over 10 years. Not a huge amount, but that means if Republicans are going to push ahead this summer with a plan that would repeal the Obama health law, and if they do it under that budget reconciliation process where you don't you can't have a filibuster against it in the Senate and it expedites consideration, that means they're going to have to account for that 137 billion and find 137 billion or a little more than that in savings to offset that because of that CBO finding. So that may complicate the issue for Republicans just a little in terms of them figuring out whether or not they're going to be able to push ahead and use budget reconciliation to try to repeal the Obama health law. Remember, even if they can get it through the House and through the Senate, It'll get down to the White House and likely be vetoed. But I I think in the end, that's what Republicans want to do. They want to put the president on record as actually vetoing that plan and not having it just blocked in the U.S. Congress. Now, the interim issue of what happens with the health law and these subsidies. That's the ruling that we did not get today at the U.S. Supreme Court. It's possible we could get it on Thursday. I don't know. I still think the high court likes to save the drama for the end. That in the gay marriage case, maybe they'll hold those over until next week. Uh, Monday, maybe Tuesday would be as far as we go, but we, we should get that ruling next week. And of course, there's a lot of Republicans and Democrats here wondering, what if the court does say that people who bought 
health insurance under the Obama health law through healthcare.gov that they were actually were not eligible for subsidies. What do you do after that? A number of Republicans that I spoke with last week were uh, in favor of a plan that had sort of been floated by both Republicans in the Senate and in the House that would give people a bridge, sort of uh, help them out and and keep them uh, able to get coverage for the next two years. But the problem is, I bet there are a number of Republicans, they don't want any part of that. They don't want to see the health law continued in any way. They want it taken out by its roots and replaced by something else. Uh, But there's a lot of Republicans who say, even though they would like to do that, they simply feel like when you get down to it, that there is not the ability to get that past the president's veto. And so until January the 20th of 2017, when the GOP hopes that they can bring in somebody who is from their own party as the next president, that will really be the next chance they have to repeal it. Speaking of the 2016 race, some interesting numbers today coming out of a new poll that's been released by, it was done by the Wall Street Journal and NBC News. And I think what I find most interesting about this is it shows that Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush seem to have done pretty well in getting the start of their campaigns going. Scott Walker, of course, not yet officially in the race, but those are the top three in this poll as you look at it. Rubio and Bush, where the question was asked of people, okay, what if, uh, who would be your first choice and who would be your second? Rubio and Bush topped the poll, followed then by Scott Walker. And uh, and I, I think it's interesting because for all the flack, obviously, that Jeb Bush has gotten uh, in, in some quarters of the Republican Party, he remains a very big force in this race. And I don't think that we can forget that as we move ahead. Now, the question right now is uh, where where do we go next in this race? I think, what is it, Wednesday, Bobby Jindal, the governor of Louisiana, will be Uh, will be announcing what he's going to do. Most people expect he is going to get in the race. He was here speaking at a big GOP gathering in D.C. on Friday. And then we wait for the other governors. And those other governors are Chris Christie of New Jersey, what I just read today, that his super PAC has hired two more people in New Hampshire. Well, now what does that tell you? That tells me that Chris Christie is going to get in this race for the White House. It's just a question of when. Also, we're still waiting on Scott Walker. The budget's still not done from what I understand in Wisconsin, so he's still waiting to officially get in. I would bet mid-July is sort of my hunch there. And then the other one is the governor of Ohio, John Kasich. He uh, was here in D.C. on Friday. To me, when you're making stops in New Hampshire and Iowa and South Carolina, you're pretty much telegraphing what you're going to do. Kasich, who's a former congressman, former chairman of the House Budget Committee when he was here in D.C., has made no bones about how he, think he, is, he thinks he is qualified to run for the White House. Is he going to have as, as much impact as maybe he hopes? I don't know. He's still sort of down in the polls. And in fact, at this point in time, Donald Trump does better than him in most of the polls and would probably push Kasich and others off the stage in that first Republican debate on August the 6th. That first debate, as I mentioned, is in Cleveland. Uh, Now we've got a second one after that that will be in California at the Ronald Reagan Library. The first one sponsored by Fox. The second one sponsored by CNN. That's in mid-September. Those uh, two debates are going to be structured. We've been joking about it uh, as sort of the NCAA and the NIT bracket, but it's really true. You've got some uh, people who will make that top ten cut. They'll be in the, the big sort of on the big stage, and then the others, quote-unquote, in the GOP race, the other major candidates who get some support in the national polls, they would be in a sort of mini-round before the big debate and allowed to get a little PR time. But still, 
even 10 people up on a stage is going to be somewhat unwieldy, and it's not really clear how effective that debate will be. Think about it. If you've got, let's just say, two hours, it's sort of like the discussion of when you get married. How many people can you really bring to your wedding before it just gets to the point where you can't even say hi to all of them? Well, it's the same thing, I think, for the debate. If you've got two hours and you got, say, 10 candidates, and you give them each uh, maybe uh, a minute to start and two minutes to end, well, you're already talking about 30 minutes of time right there. You can see how quickly that gets eaten up. You don't even get into the ability to ask many questions and get many answers and get any back and forth. It could make this whole debate process somewhat unwieldy. 877-310-2100. Jamie Dupree sitting in for Herman Cain almost 19 minutes after the hour instead of me going uh, back into the, uh, the borough here in the U.S. Capital will stick around for the rest of the hour here on the Herman Kane Show. The, the experience and results you trust. Herman Kane. He just has a good message and good conservative point of view. Solutions for a better America. I know it's only June of 2015, but boy, the 2016 race is really underway. More on that coming up. Stick with us here on the Herman Kane Show. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.